Hello, this is John Jewell with uh, the podcast uh, Peer to Peer Mental Health Matters. Today, we're going to go over and have an interview with Speak Out Against Suicide, a foundation in uh, Comanche, Iowa. They cover support groups, events, helping uh, talk to schools and stuff. And so we're going to find out their story and how they help people who have thoughts of suicide and their family members and stuff who need to recover from the depression of suicide. And this is a winter month, so depression is a big thing. So let's go talk to Speak Out Against Suicide. Our sponsor today is Outcast Services. I use Outcast Services for writing on YouTube and my social media posts for Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, and etc. If you're an entrepreneur or have a business that needs writing such as blogs, articles, email, newsletters, etc., just get hold of Outcast Services. Outcast Services covers multiple topics and business with their blogs, articles, e-newsletters, but specializes in businesses that deal with physical or mental health. If you need any content on substance abuse, addiction, mental illness, or recovery, Outcast Services can serve you. They have certified peer recovery specialists, some of their writers, with firsthand experience of these topics. So get a hold of Outcast Services if you I figured it's winter. Everybody's kind of gets a little depressed. I have heard that winter is not mm-hmm. actually that bad with suicide. It's more summer, but I still figured this would be a good time because I know there's winter depression. So maybe there's the aftermath of winter depression or someone said something about, um, what is it? Because like winter, you can be to yourself and you don't have to worry about, you know, pe- some people don't have to worry about the rest of the world. They're okay the minute like the door opens and then they can feel like judgment because they're around other people again that affects them because according to numbers uh summer is more like they don't really understand the definition or why but they said like number is more common for uh suicide and i think in some cases that's true i think with the depression in the winter is because you're isolated. You're not going to as many places. It might be cold or you might be snowed in or you might, and you know me, John, how it <laughs> is right now outside. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't no. like when the sun is not out. So no, I guess yeah. it would derif- dif- differentiate between those types of personalities, whether you have seasonal depression or, or what season it actually is. Okay. That's understandable. Cause like I said, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, the numbers and stuff aren't really understood very well on where they come from or anything sure. as far as I understand, but I was actually going to ask you guys, introduce you, introduce yourself and what do you work with? My name is Sean Feltz. I work with speak out against suicide in Comanche, Iowa is where our headquarters are. Yep. I am the outreach coordinator. So I do different hats for different things, 
But to keep it on the short and sweet, we do supports. We offer supports to those in need, and we also provide resources. And that's our main focus is provide those resources for people to get them moving to the next step. Um, we also go into schools, organizations, businesses, and do presentations. We're really focusing on that business, you know, getting into those business so employers and employees understand those warning signs and what to do. Yeah. There's so in a, a nutshell. Yeah. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, yeah, because I go to some of your support groups, so I know this thing. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I understand you guys. I like you, but I figured I'd let everybody else know kind of get sure. it going sure we appreciate um, it yeah no problem no problem um so with these uh you were just talking about work i plan on doing uh there's a month coming up here that has to do with uh employee appreciation and then i was also mm -hmm. gonna slash it with like um hazardous work environment and stuff and sure. i was wondering like you know what you could tell me about it. you just pointed out like you're trying to work with uh companies more on mental health and stuff with their employees and stuff. And I wondered what you could say about that. So a little bit about what we'd like to talk about is just being aware, being aware of your surroundings and aware of the people that are around you, you know, showing you care. Do you have to like the person? No. Do they have to like <laughs> you? No. But we hope that we still care about people. So just watching uh, things like maybe somebody's coming to work a little bit later than usual, or maybe they're not as cleaned up as they normally are. Maybe they're looking at the ground. Uh, maybe you know that they've had some sort of crisis in their life. Um, maybe you know that they've attempted suicide or had a mental health issue at some point in their life. If you don't, that's okay too, but just, just looking for those significant things that aren't normal and being able to go over and say, hey, I noticed you're wearing two left shoes today. Is there <laughs> something I can do to help support you? So yeah. those types of things. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I know uh, I used to have it. Um, I can't remember what job it was. Well, I remember what job, but I would go there and I'd have like, almost like an argument with myself where I went into work. Like, should I do this? Really, should I do this? And it was like, but nobody at work really understood it. They didn't realize because I'd go in there like I was camouflaged mm -hmm. completely nice. on just like a smile. Once I went through the door, it was like a smile on the face and stuff. And I, I tried to make it so no one knew I was very uncomfortable with the job. Right. Like it right. was, I thought it was too stressful and stuff and no one knew well, it was too you uncomfortable. Don't, you don't want to let your employer down even though, you know, I think a lot of times em employers with their employees, they give up or they think, okay, they're not performing at what I need them to do. So they let them go. When, if they would have just asked, hey, I've noticed this, this, or this, what's going on? Or how can we help support you? That maybe they would keep those very good employees that maybe they let go. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Mm -hmm. yeah there's been a couple of situations I've dealt with where yeah I've noticed like there's people and like maybe I talk to them and stuff like I could tell something but the manager doesn't notice it right. or you know they don't get a hint of it or they don't understand it yet so right. I can understand well, why they need to talk <laughs> well most of the people that you're closest to you don't want them to know you're troubled 
Yeah, exactly. So um, me as a stranger, but I work, you know, three stations down from somebody to notice that's, that's, that's huge. So just getting people to be aware, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I understand the, like when they don't let people, they know, know what's going on. I'm very good at that. And I know a couple of people that were good at that in the previous life. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I know you guys do events and stuff. Um, last one was in September, correct? We did on September 25th. We had our Breaking the Silence the Suicide Awareness Walk. Yeah, because September is um, the Suicide Awareness Month. Yep, Suicide Awareness. We also, while we were doing September, we were also doing a purple light bulb, you know, campaigns, getting people to put purple light bulbs in for that month. And nice. it kind of worked out well going into Halloween because purple and bats and orange and blah, they all go together. But our walk, <laughs> yeah. our walk um, drew in quite a few people. I don't have numbers yet back. Our board doesn't meet till next week. But I know that we did it at the Lumber King Stadium this year because we couldn't do it in Comanche and it was our 10 year anniversary. So we couldn't do it in Comanche because of the construction and we wanted to make sure, you know, that we're providing the most safety for our folks that are going to participate. So we had it at the Lumber Kings, ended up being a very well, you know, turnout. So we're happy with it so far. We're excited to see what those numbers are. Nice, nice. That sounds great. Also, those, those proceeds from that walk will go to um, speak out against suicide, providing scholarships to those high school students moving forward in the mental health field. So oh. that's specifically what our walk was for this year. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So people going towards mental health uh, careers. Correct. With scholarships. Awesome. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's your next event or anything you got going on? Oh, here. next event, we have our gala that will be coming up April 22nd. Oh, okay. Um, I know that those tickets sell out very quickly. Last year, I think we sold out within an hour. Oh, geez. So, um, nice. yeah, so as soon as we know those opening dates or when we're going to put that out there for people to get tickets, that will be on our Facebook page. So, I suggest that you be ready. <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, be right, ready for that. <laughs> Not quite sure yet what we're going to have. We're calling it a black tie event. However, if you aren't comfortable dressing up, you know, um, and wearing those formal attire, it's perfectly fine. Of course, we're going to support you, whatever it is that you choose to wear. Um, also, just trying to get into, dig into even more uh, irons in the fire. So we're not real sure how it's going to go, but we know the date and we know it will still be at the Wild Rose Casino. Oh, nice. So we know those two things for sure. And yeah, nice. hopefully more to come on our Facebook page as well. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure I uh, link that to this so that way people yes, can absolutely. go to that and get with that. Sounds sure. awesome. So what time are the support groups and stuff if someone wanted to go to it? like So what? right now we weren't having um, well-attended um, survivor of suicide or survivor of suicide loss. So we're kind of keeping that as a, if you need somebody to support you in that, you let me know and we'll figure out a time to do it. Um, as we're getting out there a little bit more, we'll probably re-offer 
Not sure again how that's going to go. We'll discuss that at the board meeting soon, I'm sure. We also offer a sharing the pain group that meets on Wednesday night, and it's for loss of a child. So, and it, not per se to suicide for any reason, loss of a child. Yeah. We are working on a grieving group for a spouse. Um, if you've lost a spouse. And then we also um, are looking at someone to facilitate a postpartum group. So that might be new and exciting news come up. I mm. also support uh, with a support group up at Hightower, which is a halfway house for women with addictions. So I go up there every other Thursday and sit with those folks and we do lots of fun stuff. I learned some really crazy things, but I love it. I love it. I love seeing their progress. That being said, right now, those are kind of the things that we're focused on. I would love to get those uh, survivor of suicide and survivor of suicide loss groups bumped up some more. It's just getting people in the door. I think, you know, they get a little nervous or, you know, it's, it's hard. It's not easy to talk about those things. No, it's, it's not. It's a, it's a very touchy subject. I know that personally. Mm -hmm. I know that personally. Yeah, that's great. Because the peer support, I remember uh, getting into some of those, like you were talking about Hightower. I led some of groups like that, where we talked about all kinds of different subjects. And it was amazing what people would come up with. And some yes. of their, just their topics on their recovery or their history and stuff and their coping skills and all kinds of stuff. It was amazing. Well, it's just, it's, it's crazy just to see, like when I go, I always bring some kind of a snack and we do some kind of activity, whether it's an art thing or whether it's a topic. So I had one on the radio, uh, grandma's goodie jar gift certificate. So I decide I'm going to use this gift certificate and pay it forward and I'll take it up to these girls and I'll get them truffles. So I had $25 worth of truffles and <laughs> it was surprising that half of those girls didn't even know what a truffle was, never had one in their life. So it was really, it was powerful knowing that, wow, they got to experience that you know, that thing that I would never think that anybody didn't know about, you know, but it was cool. It was really cool. Okay. So I'm going to fit in that group of the people that didn't know. What is a truffle? Just, just... So a truffle is like a little, it's a little ball and it's filled in with this. I can't even describe it, but there's different flavors. There's like mint, oh, okay. caramel. That... Yeah, one of those tiny, little, like, little ball little that's filled balls, up with like chocolate like, or yeah, and you caramel take, and all that stuff. You crunch through that outer chocolate and it's like your mouth. Yeah, no, I know. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. There's, they yeah. sell some of those right at the countertop, right next to the registers at uh, Randy's in DeWitt, in Dewitt, Iowa. There you go. And yeah. I, they're like a few cents or something. I get You those. only need one because they're yeah. so rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need one. They're so rich with sugar and all that stuff. Yes. But I love them. They're great. And they do oh, yeah. a lot of special ones around the holidays, obviously. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. But they didn't. I mean, some of them didn't. So, you know, now they got to experience something they may have never gotten to do. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. This is a nonprofit, correctly? You guys yes. are. A, yeah. So mm -hmm. like you guys go by donation and stuff for like. Right now we're going by private donation. Would we like to get grants? Absolutely. Um, we were just trying to figure out, you know, what projects those grants would go for. Um, wow. We've got a couple out there 
that, you know, I, I, I really don't know where they're at in that process. But um, like I said, we most this last 10 years has been based on private donations only. Wow, which is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing that you can go 10 years with just private donations. That's good that you have such a support. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You talked about support groups and stuff about the deceased people that lost loved ones with suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, can you kind of explain some of that kind of stuff? I know I, I experienced that personally, but like so, some people might not understand that too well. I think with, with survivors of suicide loss, it's always with you. So that's something that people describe. It never goes away. It's how you're utilizing the coping skills to go along with, alongside it. Because I think you kind of go through, when you're going through the five processes of grief, you're kind of doing that same thing, except for it's like amped up. That's the only way I can explain it. Oh, no. Yeah, so, no, I understand that. <laughs> so, you know, for me, I have a couple of friends who have lost loved ones. And I just, you know, some of them are ready to talk about it. Some of them are not ready to talk about it. Um, that's why I think we kind of have low numbers because we never know what that timeline is. Some people need to talk about it right away. Some people don't talk about it for 20 years, you know, or I know I was at a organization it was a Lions Club organization in Western Illinois. And I had an old farmer come up to me and told me his story. And he hadn't told anyone about that for 50 years. So just That's amazing. Fact, yeah, just the fact that he talked to me and after he got done, he said he felt so much better just getting it out. So imagine you keeping pushing down and pushing down and pushing down and pushing down. So everything else around you is now affecting you because you have this thing pushed down to your toes and you know you need to talk about it, but you don't know how to talk about it. That's kind of the thing that we want to know that we are here to listen you know, and we are here to give a resource or two if you if you're needing that. So that's, yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, I know when I went to the support when I first um, my brother first passed away, there was a few people I could talk to, but like, it took a while before I was able to like open up to a lot of people about certain things. Mm -hmm. And actually going to a group, I remember going to a group of people I didn't know was much easier to talk to about or even let out emotions about than mm -hmm. it was to go to a group of people I did know right like it, it was really hard for me because I'd hold back those feelings or the grieving feelings and stuff like the real the floodgate would not open because of well, people knowing me you find that like when we're when I'm speaking or when I'm at an event or when how many people come up to you and tell me a story you know just out there, like they feel comfortable enough to come up and say, Hey, you know, I had a cousin who took his life however many years ago, and I still think about it all the time, you know, all the time. And, you know, and then I will tell them when well, you just need to, you know, let us know if you need to talk or if you need some resources to help you to deal with that, whether it's seeing a therapist or whether it's going out for peer support or whether whatever it might be. So it's just, Again, it goes back to just being able to listen and being able to care about each other, whether you yeah. know them or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, like before my brother had done what he did, um, 
I didn't really know it was that much out there. I didn't. I didn't really know it until now. Like it's almost like I like someone will talk about it or something. Maybe I've had strangers do it too before me when I was working as a peer support and stuff like that. Like they came for support, I'd help them. Sure. But after my brother had done it, it came more noticeable to me that how many people actually experience that event compared to you know I've noticed a couple events because of things happening in my life that are more common than you would actually think. Right. Like oh, more people get affected would, by it than you think. Oh gosh, yes. Because if you think about it, you have, and I'll say, you know, the younger generation, they have their Snapchat, their TikTok, your Facebook. Your, so all of those people that you're connected with and you have a crisis happen to you or someone near to you, all of those people are affected. So then those people have their people that you don't have and those people. So it's just like this ongoing trickle of, yes, try to look at it as if everybody that's raised their hand when I've asked, has anybody ever been affected by suicide in any way and put all of those tennis shoes in a room, I'm going to guarantee you, we don't have a parking lot big enough for all of those tennis shoes. If that makes any sense at all. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, So we don't know, like I've had close friends experience with losing a father and a son within the same nine months. So you're, you live in a small town, but so everybody knows. It's amazing how that is. And like, with this, me noticing it more, like I didn't realize until uh, the support group that I had a person who lived close to me that experienced that or like, and then there's so many people around me that like friends and stuff that all of a sudden they're affected by it. You know, it's just like all of a sudden it's clicking now that like, mm-hmm. wow, this is more around me than I ever thought. Mental health in general is getting a lot easier to talk about. You know, it's six and one half dozen of the other. Yes, it's great. We're talking, but it's like, wow, we're talking. <laughs> Whoa, you know, all of this stuff. So I think, you know, coming to terms with being able to know that, I could in turn give you a call, John, and say, hey, I just need to talk today and know that you're receptive to that or you, you know, you could be able to help me out. That's what we said. You know, we we keep our friends and we have our friends, but they're always not the easiest to talk about that stuff with. Well, yeah, because sometimes you I know personally you feel like uh, they know you in a certain way and you don't want them to think of you different. Like you like how they think of you or the way they, you know, treat you because of what you act around them or how you are around them. And then when you want to open up or like something happens and stuff, you don't want to let them know because you feel that will change their attitude or opinion of you. Right. You don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. Keep the guy, like keep the wall up and stuff. Yeah. It takes strength to be vulnerable. We know that. Yeah. It takes that bravery and that and that strength to come forward to be able to talk about those things and to realize that you need to talk about those things. Yeah, that it's more important. It is important to talk about it to like you even said to strangers like that farmer, uh-huh. you know. Well, and that's another one of the things we work on with our presentations in the school or our presentations in businesses or organizations is we're going around and of course, I haven't gotten to everybody I need to get to, but wanting to show five minute videos and asking about six questions to each of those people about their loss, or if it was them in general, that could be one too. But 
just to know like what is a, a grandson and a grandmother taking her life like what is you know a, a young girl losing her father or a father losing a son or a month versus a mother losing a son all the different scenarios that are out there so trying to do all of these five minute videos to have um, just to be able to maybe understand it we're never going to understand it but maybe we can understand it this much better just enough that it's mm -hmm. a little bit healing and to yeah, know you're not alone to know you're not alone oh 100 on that it's, it's very helpful for a lot of subjects that have to do with mental health to know you're not alone mm -hmm. like the minute you know you're not the only one you don't feel so isolated you feel like right wow, this is kind of amazing. I'm, there's people that can relate or like. Right. And, we, and we, we're our own worst enemy because we know our own self-talk, our own self-talk to each other. You know, I haven't been into work. I wonder if they think I'm not doing anything. Or I wonder if I think, you know, do they know I'm doing all of this hard work or do they think I'm just sitting over here picking my nose? What, what, what is something <laughs> else? So that's you doing it. Yeah, self-judgment. Nobody's said that to you. You know, it's crazy what your mind will start playing in your head. I mean, I personally know it too myself with the mm -hmm. self-judgment where like no one says anything to you. No one like even points or out they're judging like you it. for, yeah, there's no one doing anything that should be like you feel judgment, but you personally with your own judgment of yourself think they're doing it or something or like just the littlest yeah. thing makes you think, Oh, are they judging me or is this how they think of me? And it's like, right. and mental health does that. Mental health does that. It's, it's, yes, it does. It affects that. I am happy that like things with mental health, like you said, are becoming more, not common, but uh, more open about like being to talk to, more open yes. to be talked about and stuff. Like mm -hmm. as a peer support specialist, I was happy that like I could talk about it and it did help that there were other people like me. And then I really liked the idea that I could help people with my experience on that. So, I, and exactly. It, and I like how there's a lot of, uh, because of peer support and some of the stuff I've learned how it is in the world, actually, like how open it is compared to when I was a kid. Like, cause well, I know when I was younger, that was like, you would never talk about this no. stuff. Never. You brush, you were, it up, brush it under the rug and you suck it up and you move on, which. Oh yeah. You were always, if you had any of these kind of thoughts of, like you thought you had mental health or anything like that, it immediately came to self-judgment and uh, fear of what people would think of you. Mm -hmm. Because back then, it, the stereotypes were out there. So they're, you know, they're still around, but sure they are. you know, you had a whole thing, like you might've been around people that you even did it to until it happened to you. Like you might've right. said this and stuff about people in your small group of friends or something. And then you catch yourself going, why did I just say that? Yeah. Sure. Then all of a sudden you're the, you're the person that you would have been making of and then you're like right then you well and i of... think to you with today's youth you know their social media you know they don't get a break you know when you were bullied in school back when i was in school you got bullied you went home and at least you were away from it for a little bit yeah yeah you didn't have that... um being an old man i'm gonna joke about that but mm -hmm. um i do remember in school we didn't have social media we didn't have texting any of that stuff so like when you came home from school there was no bully, especially like if you were out here in the like Iowa. So like you had the big city, like where I used to go. And then you have all the little towns and that's where I lived. Right. So like you didn't have it where that guy that lived in the big city who bullied you even came out to your town to bother you. So like right. the minute you left that area, the minute you went home from school, you, you were free. Breathe. 
you could breathe. You didn't have to worry about that. There was no, there was no worrying about it. It was a complete relief, but now with social media and like the ability to text whenever you want. And even with uh, these providers that make it so people can text on the internet, you have to have Wi-Fi to text, but they can text and they can use random numbers. They don't even, you can't even identify them. Right. They can bully you and all this stuff without you really even noticing. And then those providers are a little hard to get to like, so they'll release who the hell's using the number and stuff like, you know, with right. the police and stuff, you want to report them judging you and threatening you and all this stuff. It's a little harder with police now because these companies don't want to release that. So right. it's much different compared to when I was young. Oh and yeah. You're correct. Like it's, it's much easier. Even when they go home, they can be judged immediately from all social medias and all kinds of stuff. Well, you know, you're getting your, you're getting a fight with your friend because whatever, they forgot to wear the same shirt as you that day. So you're getting an argument about it. When you get home, you get home, you know, you're not, you don't have it still in front of your face and, oh, you know, going on and on and then dragging how many other people into a situation where it was just the two of you and now it's 20 people. So I don't know, I don't know how they do it, you know, and then of course with COVID not being in school, so that's all they have is throwing them back into school. And now they're kind of, you know, it's like, well, we were at home all this time. Why would it be, you know? So it's, it's, it's just, it's a lot. I just, I couldn't imagine being a a teenager right now. I know that. Neither could I. I mean, it'd be, It'd be a completely different environment. I don't know if my sister-in-law would be happy with it, but like if I ever hear my nephew say anything about bullies towards him or something, oh, I'm going to try and teach him how to be an adult. Because I'm pretty sure, just in my opinion, maybe this is the old days, but I know if I had the same attitude and sarcasm and all this stuff as I do as an adult, because I know stuff now compared to when I was a kid, and right. I just use that against the bullies and stuff back in high school, that would be a complete different situation. Because mm-hmm. instead of them making fun of me, guess who gets slammed or, you know, all that stuff. And my little right. nephew, I don't want him to experience any of that. Right. Thankfully, right now, my uh, sister-in-law has him going to a great private school. It's one nice. of the new, it's a charter school or something. I don't know. But it's, it seems to be unbelievably great compared to some of the other stuff that they provide. It's not that public schools are bad. It's just. Well, and I just think that just, you know, making them aware <laughs> of at these younger ages, you know, I mean, we're starting with, you know, suicidal thoughts and things at the age of 10 and 11 years old. That's That's, way, way, way too young. Oh yeah. Um, That's scary that it's so young for that to happen. Yeah. To that mind, you know, we want to still believe that the old number of 14 was the the start, but it's not, it's dropped. So yeah, no, don't you, know, you wish it was not yeah. until you were uh, like middle school or high school or something. And now well, it's even so before we, then. Our focus is mostly on the middle school and high, high school spectrum. But of course, you know, we try to get into the schools if we can, and we'll read uh, volunteers. We have volunteers on our board that like to read books. So we do about friendship, bullying, how to be a good friend, you know, what is, what is, what do you need to do to be a good friend and those types of things and trying to hit them early on as we can, you know, and that's the same with substance abuse and all those types of things, you know, when you have, you know, some of the numbers that I've uh, received from the area substance abuse council on uh, 
kids, again, we're talking 11 and 12 that have tried vaping, that have tried marijuana, that have tried, you know, drinking, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of that stuff starts way earlier than you think. So those those all are some of the causes for mental health. So, you know, we've got to keep these kids away from that stuff, too. But just knowing that if we can, you know, if we can still be out there as a safe place for somebody to go, you know, parents, you know, be more aware, be, you know, if you're not going to be more aware of your own kids, who do your kids have over? Who are their friends? Who's on their phone? What are they doing on their phone? Where are they going? When are they going to be home? You know, the old thing where your mom would say, okay, where are you going? What time are you going to be home? And then she would call the place to make sure you were there. Yeah. yeah. So I remember that. I remember that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I also remember like we had more, I personally say some freedom more like summertime and stuff because parents had to work and all this stuff. Maybe you had a babysitter, but growing up much faster than we used to. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's amazing. Cause they, I know nowadays they do more sports and stuff and all this stuff way earlier than we ever did. And they do so many all at once compared (laughs) to what we did as kids. Yeah. Back then we well, they're had on like, club, they're on club ball and regular school ball. So every weekend is tied up with, you know, playing. I yeah, sometimes, or like they got I sometimes soccer think, and gosh, band. when do they get time to be a kid? When yeah, yeah, like that's what I always say. But mm-hmm. you know, that's what they want to do. Yeah. That's what they want to do. So we're coming to a three-minute end here. So I was All gonna right. uh shut down this uh talk. So thank you for that. Before this is over, I'd like to thank everybody for watching the episode. Uh, We will be doing this on a third Wednesday of every month, possibly in the future more. But again, thank you for watching. Next episode will be on January 18th. It'll be about rap and how to use it. Interview with Ed Murphy, friend of mine who I've known from peer support. So come on back on the 18th of January. Have a good day. (laughs) 